if you make it too complicated, it implies a level of distrust. Flexibility pins on that trust and it goes both ways. We all have a home life. So therefore, how complicated does it really need to be? For instance, we rely a lot on our internal communication tool. We use Slack and flexibility can be something as easy as an emoji next to your name to say I'm at the dentist, you know, a little tooth emoji. I'm walking the dog, a dog emoji. And that is something we explore straight from onboarding. Welcome to the HR L&D podcast with your host, Nick Day. Tune in to discover what it takes to truly develop within human resources as we delve deep into growth, engagement, and leadership strategies that can unlock the hidden potential within your business, which we hope will really empower your workforce towards fantastic organizational success. Hello, and welcome back to the HR LMB podcast. My name is Nick Day. I'm CEO at JGA Recruitment Group, and we are specialist HR recruiters operating now in the UK, Europe, and the USA. Now, of course, if you're a regular listener listener to the show, please do remember to subscribe to the show. Please share it with all of your HR colleagues and friends. And together, we can really raise the profile of people management and human resources for everyone worldwide. And in fact, someone to help us do that today is today's guest, which is Catherine Roberts, who is Senior People and Culture Advisor at Hedgehog Lab. New to both the tech industry and the people culture role, Catherine spent the last two years dedicating her time to exploring her path so she can cement her status as DEI and wellbeing champion within the business in a very short period of time. As a result, she now oversees employee engagement and relationships, where she pays close attention to DEI, employee wellbeing, and social activities, but she's also responsible for the onboarding of new employees and for uplifting company culture to ensure that employees are receiving the best experience they can. And today I'm going to be exploring exactly what it means to have a people-first, human-centered approach to human resources to help us all understand how HR leaders can deliver not just a first-class employee journey, but a consistent one as well. For those not familiar with Hedgehog Lab, well, they've been named one of the best workplaces to work for the last two consecutive years, similar to us here at JJ Recruitment, so I'm equally proud of of that achievement. But they were also named as one of the most flexible companies to work for in 2023 by Flexa because they've managed to create a culture of flexibility. And that's another topic we're going to be diving deep into during the course of today's show. So without further ado, welcome, Catherine Roberts, the HR LMB podcast. How are you feeling today? Hi, Nick. I'm feeling good. Thanks so much for having me. Delighted to have you here. I'm going to ask you the first question to get, get us started here. It's a question I ask all of my guests on this show, which is this. What do the words human resources mean to you? Well, it's a funny... Um, thing that you mentioned that because this is a conversation we've been having um, for quite a while now within even the people team here at Hedgehog Lab. Um, So, I mean, our CEO, Surat Pederedler, he said to me before, you know, we don't have HR at Hedgehog Lab, Catherine, we have a people team. Um, And there is a difference, but I don't think that there is um, a call for one or the other. Um, So recently we have acquired um, a company called NetCells. I say recently, it was uh, back in March last year. Um, And they... um, uh, people team lead, um, Gemma, who um, then joined our team here at Hedgehog Lab. We've had lots of discussions about kind of um, HR versus people and human-centric versus people team. And, you know, the term, I mean, it's not the most ideal for us here at Hedgehog Lab, you know, human resources, HR. Um, and we put forward that people, um, we focus on the people instead, kind of the people element of that role. 
um, probably because it links more to our values. We've got principles of honesty and accessibility and trust, and it just strips that right back. It takes away the legal element, even though the legal element is very much still there, as it should be when you're thinking about ER in a, in a company. Um, and it takes it more into that culture side employee engagement, the employee journey from start to finish at Hedgehog Labs should people want to move on, um, which people do inevitably in life. So for us, it's very much that human-centric, people-focused, culture-first phenomenon. Perfect. And I, and I we're certainly seeing an evolution like towards people teams, people managers, head of people, and, and so on and so forth. I think there's something to change between the two, depending on what, you know, which side of the fence you sit on. Interestingly, though, as Hedgehog Lab, you do a lot of work talking about the human-centered approach that you give. So you really do put the human back in human resources. We're going to find out more about that. You mentioned a moment ago, though, the culture of Hedgehog Lab, and you've also seen something you've been exploring and evolving you know, in, in, a, in amongst your, your people team colleagues. So something you've been really successful at Hedgehog Lab, one of the things I wanted to talk about in today's show was your ability to deliver a flexible culture which has been you know, immersed in promoting strong work-life balance opportunities, remote work options. Tell me a little bit about what you've managed to implement, and in particular, what you would consider to be best practice when it comes to promoting work-life balance and remote work. Yeah. Well, I think best, best practice comes with knowing your team and understanding your team as a very base level, and, and you know that goes without saying. But I think it's important to not overcomplicate things. I think when we've had discussions and we've implemented new things, which I'll go into shortly, it's all about, if you make it too complicated, it implies a level of distrust. And the whole thing for me and, and our team here at Hedgehog Lab, flexibility pins on that trust and it goes both ways. It's kind of that understanding that we all have a home life. We need to acknowledge that. So therefore, how complicated does it really need to be? For instance, we rely a lot on our internal communication tool. We use Slack. And flexibility can be something as easy as an emoji next to your name to say, I'm at the dentist, you know, a little tooth emoji. I'm walking the dog, a dog emoji. I'm picking the kids up from school. I'm not going to be online right now. And that is something we explore straight from onboarding. We've screenshot loads of different instances of emoji use. The designers get very creative and make amazing custom emojis for people to put on if they want. Um, but we'll show instances of the CEO using it. We'll show instances of our devs using it, the people team, ELT, you know, higher management. So it's something that you don't have to complicate. So a huge part of our flexibility also comes in the form of working hours. So we work the core hours of 10 till 3. However, there's people in the team. Um, so, for instance, we have um, one of our team, Lauren. She um, doesn't really enjoy a commute at rush hour. So she'll take an hour in the morning, might log on for a little bit, then travel into the office if she wants to come in. We're fully remote, so it doesn't matter. Um, and then she'll work a little bit later or finish a little bit earlier to miss the commute. It's really that kind of accessible and customizable to your day. And it doesn't have to be the same every day either. And personally, I'll sometimes work eight till fours if that works for me. Other times I'll change up my core hours. It's all about having that visibility. So if it's in my calendar, it's on my Slack, my manager's aware, there should be no issues. Um, and that's something that we think has been quite an organic implementation as well. Um, and talking of kind of having that visibility across the business, we very much lead by example. So um, we saw um, Engage HR um, in late 2022, I think it was. They had implemented a low battery status, um, which was, a again, another Slack emoji. Um, pop your low battery on, and it means that you are working, but you're not 
hundred percent. Um, you know, maybe you have a headache, maybe you feel sick, but you're not poorly enough to be um off work. Maybe you just don't want your camera on, maybe you want to work from bed, um, you know, maybe you've got menstrual cramps, any of that kind of stuff. And um that emoji status we have since implemented in the business and everyone across the board uses it should they need to and they might get a little message from me or the team saying hope you're okay and um, just to check in but again that's another instance of if I'm not if I haven't got my camera on this is the reason why and that's another level of flexibility that is so easy to implement and so cheap I mean it costs nothing so sure. um it's a win for the business <laughs> I mean certainly the, the emoji um led way of managing how people are feeling is something that for me is completely new um to come across in the world of HR, right? So, and I, you know, I, I get it because it's something that now we're all very familiar with. It's become part of our day-to-day usage. People are always developing new emojis. We kind of get what they mean, and it, it allows us to communicate in a way where, as you said, you're feeling unwell. Sometimes you don't want to be on the phone. You still want to create a message. One thing I'd be interested to understand then is how do you go about measuring that level of flexibility? I mean, would it, you know, I'm going to play devil's advocate. It might be easy for me to put an emoji up, but actually not be fully engaged or you know you've got so much flexibility going on how do you go about managing that you know without micromanaging but at the same time we still want to measure success or to measure that the people are, are, are all kind of putting the same equipment into into achieve, you know, achieving goals and and we don't want to be carrying people that that aren't as committed but maybe taking advantage of your very intuitive system so we'll about how you go about measuring that and managing that yeah so that comes back to kind of that level of trust that i mentioned just in the very beginning um so it's um it's this is where kind of the management comes in there's an importance that's placed on leadership and the responsibility upon our leaders um so whilst we are a fully remote fully flexible company um we do have options for managers to say right we're at a pivotal point in the project let's get us in or we've noticed you know maybe your well-being is not doing so great have you considered coming into the office maybe a bit of human interaction might make you feel better so we put the impetus on the managers who know their teams and should know their teams better than anyone else um to understand when we think someone might be dropping off or if there's kind of that worry there um that there's someone in the background who maybe isn't um feeling their best and doing their best um, in terms of what the business wants and expects from them. Um, but I must say, it's not really something we've ever had to, like, had to come across, um, which is very fortunate. But again, I think that comes to down to that kind of um, openness. We're very visible. And I think it's important that it's not the people team who are putting emphasis on where have you been? I haven't noticed you around or I didn't see you active on Slack a few minutes, like a few minutes ago. I haven't seen you active on Slack for a while. I think unless there's a well-being issue involved, of course, and we have to, you know, get in touch that way. But I think if it comes from the people team, it can almost be seen as a bit more serious than it is. Um, so that's why it's important to have that manager impetus and, and you know, have those um weekly stand-ups daily catch-ups with the team however whichever way the teams want to do it themselves um so a lot of our teams do have um, morning stand-ups and other people team ourselves we have one every morning and um, for 15 minutes um other teams have them on a weekly bi-weekly basis depending on kind of numbers and things um so the responsibility very much lies um in leadership sure so I- I'm interested, I'm intrigued as well, because I said, as I said, this is a relatively new concept for me. And maybe there are a lot of other businesses already doing this, but, you know, I've done a lot of these shows now, over 100 episodes, and it's a relatively new concept to be managing, you know, through that kind of communication channel with that kind of style. And I like it. I think it's great. I think it would work really well in the business that I've got here, which is still a relatively small business 
a change of improvement. But how scalable do you think that is? If you have a, a business which has two, three, four, five thousand employees, do you think do you think it can work on that kind of scale, or do you think it's probably more suited to I think no, that's a very good point. And I think this is a question that um, has been on our minds recently since um, our acquisition, like we acquired another company, um, is because our numbers grew overnight. We had oh. around, you know, 70 odd people and then had over 100. And it was like, even that small jump felt like things had to be pulled back a little bit. Um, so it's an interesting question and definitely one on our radar um, because you're right, it, you know, so you can't really track emoji status as much as you think you can. Um, and obviously there's certain employees that might be siloed from time to time and that, you know, provides challenges in itself, um, especially when you're managing a workforce with, you know, a lot of different types of employees and a mix of remote and in-office employees. Um, so we do have kind of office booking systems um, where it will um, ask you to book yourself into one of our offices. We have an office in York and an office in Newcastle, um, but they can also track on there who's working from home. So I would say that, um, and that system that we use is called Officely. It's a Slack integrated app. Um, and I would say that going forward, that's probably something that we would have to rely on a bit more um, just to make sure that, you know, we've got kind of... Um, an idea of who's coming through the door, who's primarily from home, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but definitely one as we grow that we need to keep an eye on. It's, it's a very modern way of working. I, lo- I love your utilization of Slack as well. I and mean, it's such an intuitive channel. And there's still still relatively new concept for many people who aren't familiar with Slack yet. You, you know, so surprisingly people haven't necessarily had the need or, or haven't actually yet been introduced to, to the tool. But as you say, there's loads of added plugins and things you can do to make it very bespoke for your needs and I think if you use it wisely it can be an incredible product yeah. so if, if I'm listening to this as an HR leader at the minute and I'm thinking okay you know I think we've probably got some employee engagement issues uh, around flexibility around our culture we want to improve it how do they go about what strategies do you recommend they sort of undertake or take on if they want to improve their work-life balance or their remote working opportunities and stuff listening to what your staff want is 100% the number one thing for us. So um, we do weekly pulse surveys um, through our survey platform. We also do kind of quarterly surveys as well. Um, We rely actually as well on um, Flexa, um, who are a flexible work um, accreditation. Um, So we've been with Flexa for two years now, um, and they provide a platform of flexible businesses um, who promote work-life balance and provide, um, you know, competitive um words have gone words have failed me competitive employee benefits um so we've actually just relaunched so the way that flexa works is they'll send you um an employee survey um and they will be asked questions on their working environment how does your company promote um work-life balance to you do you feel like you have autonomy over your work-life balance um how does that manifest in terms of kind of your dei your culture and your diversity um, how does it affect kind of your well-being and psychological safety at work? Um, and we've actually just launched the survey this morning. So we're um, looking to get accredited for a third year in a row. And platforms like Flexa are so valuable because then they've got a wealth of information on how you can elevate that benefit offering, that work-life balance offering, um, what are competitors doing? So you can go online and see all of the other kind of tech industry um, competitors and other businesses who do it differently from us and how does that work for them, especially others that have higher numbers than us. Um, And as we 
to our journey of growing. We can absolutely rely on that. So I think it's very important to one, listen to what your team want and need because flexibility doesn't look the same for everybody. And two, I would definitely look into channels um, such as Flexa um, who can help you to kind of ascertain where your team is at. Um, it's great. Some, I mean, surveying internally is great, obviously, but there's always a kind of worry that even though we do survey anonymously um, for our uh, quarterly survey, but for our weekly survey, we do not. And that can put people off. Um, so sometimes when that survey and that information is going to a third party and then back to us, it gives you know the team a little bit of security. Yeah. I can be really honest here. And actually, I'm not happy with how this flexibility works or this could be better or this is amazing. And we can use that to then put priority on things that maybe wasn't on our radar. Maybe we thought oh, this is perfect. We don't need to change that. But actually, um, we do. And this is what the team are saying. Have you ever asked yourself, how can any recruiter understand my HR recruitment challenges? Please don't give up on your hiring challenges just yet. Here at JGA HR Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top human resources talent. We also understand just how costly a poor hire can be. JGA HR Recruitment would like to partner with you to help you overcome your hiring challenges. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. Something I'm particularly intrigued by because Hedgehog Lab are a tech business. You mentioned only got some brilliant... Uh, UX designers and, and product designers and that to create these wonderful emoji type uh, solutions to the way you, you know, which I think is really um, inventive and creative and innovative. And you've got that internally, then you've got platforms for flexible working and the way that you, I mean, you're leveraging technology very smartly and you'd expect that from a tech based business. Yeah. However, I know that's something that Hedgehog Lab are really, really passionate about. It's a statement they make, which is, you know, we want to help companies put the human back into HR. And yet, what we're hearing at the moment is a lot of intelligent use of AI and tech. How do we go about doing that? How are you going about doing that? And how are you marrying the two together? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good point. And I think um, you can't have one without the other. And sometimes you do find yourself putting an emphasis on one or the other and kind of pulling back and thinking, actually, we need to, this is where the people team need to like push forward a little bit. And this is where we need to pull back and let tech do its thing. Um, I think for us, it's all about kind of organic interactions every day. So um, kind of to one side of flexibility, um, is also our DEI offering. And obviously that is pushed by the people team. It's one of the things I am mainly responsible for, something I'm passionate about, um, where, you know, what do we want to celebrate this month? Is there any causes that we should be aware of? Is there anything going on in the news that we want to bring attention to? Um, and we had this discussion not so long ago about how organic can that really be when that's a decision that um, the people team are making every month um, as to what we're going to celebrate. And you know, the people team that we have here, um, I know I'm biased, but I think we're amazing. One of the best teams I've ever worked with, but we all happen to be four white women. Um, so therefore our experience is limited to what we've sure. learned in the world because we're four white women. So um, not so long ago, one of our delivery managers, Dan, they started a new um, group called Rainbow Hogs um, just off their own back. And that is a safe space for 
LGBTQIA plus individuals. And normally something like this, the people team would have a huge hand in and kind of guiding, making sure everyone's respectful and safe and doing things the way they should be. Um, but we've kind of taken a decision to step back and let that happen naturally. Let the team grow. So now we have like a group of 12 volunteers um, who will put together resources. They're going to do a presentation on our weekly town hall. Um, in a couple of weeks time, the team have been doing some amazing work. Um, so we've got you know, Lauren, Alex and Sam from design in there. We've got Tash from marketing and we've got Claire from um, client engagement. So there's loads of people involved in that. Um, and I think it shows that there's people here feel safe enough to kind of manage things on their own and take that human element themselves and run with it so it doesn't necessarily always have to be the people team being the ones to push this thing like flexibility you know we're we're open to work-life balances we're open to working from anywhere we're open to you having your own hours whatever that may be it it funnels into other parts of the business as well like DEI um and kind of stepping away from us stepping away from one, the people team managing it, and two, us then funneling it into, well, maybe we need a platform for this. Do we invest in tech for this? Do we, you know, do we get, you know, a business case together and look at ROI? Why don't you guys just go and do it? See how you get on. Um, And the fact that they feel comfortable enough to do that, um, I think says a lot about kind of our culture in that way. Yeah, I I think that's that's the bit I'll take from that is the fact they feel comfortable enough doing it right you've empowered them to, to, to back on and do it I think that's great I think that's um and, and a lot of the previous guests having the show we talk about things like DEI and, and inclusivity and psychological safety they nearly always recommend you know have advocacy groups have mm-hmm. groups set themselves up and we did it internally here with JJ Recruitment and um pretty much the 50% of the entire company now were much smaller than you you know mm-hmm. said they wanted to be part of that kind of group and community um and I deliberately similar to your people team as CEO of the business decided not to be part of it so that they could run they didn't feel like they were being led in my direction or they had to say certain things because I was present and mm-hmm. I let them get the outcome. So I, I can certainly see how that's, how that's working. And um, it's exciting. I have to ask a question because this is something I was really intrigued by on your website. Um, obviously, there's some of you the key clients you've worked with. One of those was Under Armour. But as you have a site that says, we are, we've helped, um, well, we can help companies to create the ultimate team talk with AI. So tell me a little bit more about how you're utilizing AI in particular how that's immersed in the world of, of HR and the people team. Uh, how do we use it to create an ultimate team talk for our business to engage our employees? Um, well, like you actually might laugh at me. So <laughs> um, obviously it's, uh, you know, it's something, AI is something we talk about all the time. Um, it's very much a key part of our business. It was pivotal and very crucial to the kind of Under Armour um, work that we did. Um, but for me, I don't know how the others in the people team would feel about this. I think they'd probably agree with me. Um, I don't think I'm best placed to answer that question. And the reason for that is we kind of take a step back from the client side of things, the project side of things, the tech side of things. Very purposefully, we do that because we don't want to be involved in that day-to-day like workload, work, whatever that looks like for each individual, whether they be a dev or a designer um, or a product manager or whatever. Um, We very much take a step back. Um, So I don't think I could answer that. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's cool. But have you been able to weave AI into the into the people team? Are you utilizing AI in, 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 in maybe intuitive ways, similar to the way you utilize emojis, or is it still a relatively new, you know, new thing that we're, we're getting to speak to yourself from an HR perspective? 
from an HR people team perspective, I think that's something we really haven't touched upon in all honesty. Um, it's not something that I think we've gravitated towards um, for anything that we've done really. Um, a lot of our, a few, I mean, mostly all of our platforms will have that AI integration now. So our review platform allows you when you're given feedback or whether we're doing like 360 annual reviews, we'll give you the option to kind of fire in your comments on someone and magic it all up with AI into a nice yeah. little. Um, but I don't know if that's necessarily something we advocate. <laughs> um, but really for me, it's not something that influences or touches my workload. And I don't think it is for any of the people team from the top of my head. Probably kind of rubbish answer. <laughs> what's, what's the face? But tell us a bit more about a hedgehog lab then, because you, you are a human-centered global tech consultancy that I like the idea that you say you deliver empathy-driven services. Tell us a bit more about business. Yeah, so I think our value of people are our greatest asset is something that we really, really focus on. Um, it's funny because sometimes I'll have this conversation or most of the time I'll have this conversation when I'm onboarding someone and it sounds really cheesy but and also just like too good to be true you know I'm doing the whole and we're flexible and it's the, it's as easy as this it's an emoji on your next to your name on slack or whatever and um you know we lead with empathy and we people are our greatest asset and we're here to make you know um that apparent throughout your journey but it really is you know you the, the types of people oh scratch that I don't like the way I've just phrased that um you know the kind of the people that we say coming into the business um, are often people, you know, who have either has a long history of managing their own workload and coming in and doing their own thing or have not had that opportunity before and are ready for that challenge of kind of being um, organically left to their own devices and their progression and development, you know, flowing as a result of that. So um, recently we've just we're just this close to publishing our new progression framework um, and performance management. Um, Gemma's been beavering away at that and she's um, done an amazing job. Um, and that's about to go out. Um, so that gives us um, the ability to kind of make that journey apparent from the beginning. Um, we're very aware that, you know, like most businesses out there, we have a probationary period. Um, but we're very aware that that in itself seems very, you know, that doesn't seem like a very empathetic journey for someone coming into a business and immediately you're placed on this probation where you might not feel like, am I not being trusted? Is that not how oh. it should go? But the reason we do that is because we want to check in on you and how you're feeling. Um, so throughout that probationary period, you'll have a one week check-in, three month check-in, and then a final six month check-in and um, before you're signed off probation. And it's more to do with, I find myself asking, have you got all the tools you need? Have you got everything you need to do the best work of your life here at Hedgehog Lab? Um, we have the benefits of um, a well-being budget, um, which is a monthly budget, a monthly budget, excuse me, a yearly budget. I wish it was a monthly budget. Um, a yearly budget to spend on um, anything that's going to improve your well-being. Um, so we kind of say, you know, as long as you're steering clear of like 100 pounds worth of alcohol, it <laughs> could be, you know, like... Yeah. You know, gym equipment, books, um, furniture, anything that's going to improve your mental health and your quality of life. Um, and that comes with two um, days of annual leave attached to it for well-being. And we also have um, learning and development budgets and days off as well. So that's for anything that you might need to upskill kind of what you're doing, explore other angles of your role, look at a completely 
different role within the company. Um, so it's all about kind of giving people the tools that they need to succeed rather than monitoring them during what, you know, I've had probation periods before where I felt really monitored. And in terms of kind of what are you bring into the business, what are you doing for us? Whereas it's more about um, what can we do for you to make sure that you're successful, produce the best work of your life um, and, you know, turn our customers into fans, but also feel fulfilled at work um, and really feel like you are an asset to us. Great. Fantastic. No, it sounds well. I mean, some of the, uh, sounds like you're doing an awful lot and you're fully committed to the core. Did you actually uh, name the emoji-based way of mind? Have you got a name for that that system or software or just random that you need to head to a lab? No, we just, just slack an emo- just stick an emoji on Slack and there you are. Um, and I know, I mean, I'm probably making it sound really simple because, and it's not. So I know for myself, when I joined, I've only been um, here just shy of two years and I know, um, for a couple of recent starters that we've had, they've been really unsure of it. It can be really difficult um, to kind of um, work that way. Um, and also it depends on your manager as well. Your manager might want more from you, um, but most of our managers don't. Um, you know, I'll see some people in their first couple of weeks here, like, um, I'm just going to go for a walk. I'll be away from my desk for half an hour. And I'm like, that's okay. You don't need to come and tell me as long as your manager knows. And as long as your project team knows, I don't need to know at all. Um, put a little walk in person emoji on your Slack. That's fine. But some people really do struggle with it because it's, it's putting a lot of trust in you. It's putting a lot in, in the employee's hands. And depending on the background that you come from, it can be very difficult to do that. And you expect someone to be watching your every move. Um, but the fact of the matter is we don't unless we need to. And that is very, very rarely the case. At least I've found during my time here anyway. Um, yeah, no. That makes sense. I like, I mean, I like it. Um, I'm, I, I like the emoji, the emoji <laughs> generation, if you like. So it worked work for me. Um, and I think it's intuitive. And I think it's a way of, of as you say, people can just put a sign up. It's a, a visual sign to say it's how I'm feeling, like a battery idea, the battery icon. So you know what? I'm not feeling 100%, but I'm here. I'm present. And um, I'm packing on. So... Uh, well, listen, let's open the HR L&D vault. Opening the L&D vault. Got three short, sharp questions for you here. The first one is this. If you can give one piece of advice to the world, what would it be? Not shy away from leading with empathy. I think people can view that as a very fluffy word. Um, and I think there's also a commentary on HR versus people at the minute that's unnecessary. Um, as we see more of these people and culture roles and DEI roles, the, the two can and should coexist. Um, and I think to have both a strong legal core within a business that looks after, you know, the business and employees' rights, but then also have that cultural side, um, kind of that empathetic side, that well-being side, I think that is the key to success. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that's it. I mean, I don't think uh, the word empathy or, or compassion is never be fluffy, and those that do, I don't think quite get what it means. So, uh, I couldn't think it'd be more. Uh, if you had the opportunity, what advice would you give to a younger you just starting out in the new world of work? Um, oh, that's interesting. I feel like I still am <laughs> the younger <laughs> me. I'm so new to this role um, that you know, I'm still discovering so much, but I wonder if that's in advice in itself um, that you, when you're in a people role, you will never stop learning. So just embrace it. You're not, you're not always going to be right. And also the right answer for one 
person is not the right answer for another. You're dealing with people and with that comes difference and you need to remember that. Um, Yeah. We say the same thing in the world of recruitment, right? So people work in sales, they think it's the same thing. But if you're selling a product like a phone or a book or whatever it is, it can't change its mind. It hasn't got other things happening in the background that you need to be considering. When you're working with recruitment and, and placing people, anything can happen on either side of the sales cycle, client side or candidate side. And you've got to be prepared and ready for anything, right? Every personality is different. Everyone has different traumas and challenges and, and wishes and goals and everything else. It's, um, yeah, it's what, for me, it's what makes the world of recruitment and which obviously ties into to, you know, people management and talent uh, so exciting. It changes every single day, um, and every product in inverted commas, therefore, is completely different from the next, which, um, which is great. Not not meaning to commoditize it, but you know what I'm going. Um, well, right, yeah. What is the guiding principle behavior? I might know the sense, I might only ask this one because it's a problem, maybe not. What's the guiding principle behavior you've seen in every great leader that you've worked with? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I've had the privilege of working with some great leaders at at Hedgehog Lab. I think um, more than any other business I've ever been in, I've never had a visible CEO that I can go to and say, I need to talk to you about this. And so Surat himself is um, incredible, as is um, my line manager, Amy, um, who's basically taught me everything I know. Um, So I think thinking about my interactions with people at Hedgehog Lab specifically, it it is it, it again comes down to kind of that empathy and understanding yeah. and also just providing the space to say how you feel you know um and not kind of censor how you feel we're not going to get anywhere without honesty obviously there's a level of professionalism needed with everything but you know um there's been a few times where i've had challenging conversations and felt safe enough to do so um and have been met with you know great um kind of solutions and support and advice and you know counter arguments sometimes um so yeah i think that would be my answer no, I, I, I suspect it may have been empathy but actually it's the most popular answer we get to that mm-hmm. question on the show as well so uh, hard to challenge that and i think you, you raised a big point when you said you know, how are you feeling today which is a very different question to what's wrong with you today mm-hmm. and it's the way that we position it it's putting as you say the people first you know how are you feeling how can we help how can we support can we do more um, rather than what's wrong with you, which is, you know, inherently aggressive question in my mind, but it's the kind of question that some leaders will ask and it's, they don't always understand how that can uh, manifest. Well, look, for those that want to find out more about Hedgehog Lab, um, I will put the link in the show notes. You can go to hedgehoglab.com. I will also put a link with your permission, Catherine, to your LinkedIn profile if anyone wants to connect and find out more. Um, if there's any other links you'd like to share on the show, by all means, this is a great opportunity to let me know. I hope you're the two main ones. Anything else? Uh, no, I think that's everything. Absolutely. Catch us on LinkedIn. Our socials are all listed on there. Um, so, yeah. Fantastic. And if anyone is listening to this and you want to find out more about how you can get involved with a human-centered global tech consultancy that does deliver empathy-driven services, do check out that website, hedgehoglab.com. And of course, if you need support with any recruitment requirements based in the world of HR, people, or L&D, please do get in touch with either myself or any of my wonderful team at jgarecruitment.com. That link will also be in the show notes. Just need to say a huge thank you once again to Catherine Roberts for joining me today on the HR LD podcast. I look forward to bringing you the next episode real soon. Thank you, Catherine. Thanks, Nick. Thank you so much for tuning into HR LD podcast with your host, Nick Day of JGA HR Recruitment. If you need help with a current HR, payroll, or LD vacancy, then please get in touch with Nick and his team. 
All contact details can be found in the episode notes. In the meantime, to make sure you never miss a future episode, please subscribe to the show through any of your favorite podcast channels. Till next time.